to be here. You guys can go ahead and take a seat. I just love whenever worship is so good and you feel the Lord that you got to stop singing and just you just make a stank face. You just, that's good. Amen. All right. Well, welcome to First Wednesday Prayer Night. I'm so excited that you're here today. My name is Ethan. I get the honor and privilege to serve here on staff at Redemption Church. And um, I got about 20 minutes to preach to you guys. This is a prayer night, so we're going to spend some time praying after this. And so I'm just going to jump right into it. Are y'all cool with that? We're going to go straight to John. So this is John chapter 14, verses 16 and 18. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. You can look up on the screens and the scripture will be there. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Can we just give the Lord some praise that he sends a helper, that he sends the Holy Spirit to be with us? So one thing I know about our church is um, that we come from a very eclectic religious background. Um, Some of you maybe came from a Catholic background or Baptist or Methodist or Church of Christ. Um, And then some of you even charismatic. Where are my charismatics at? Both hands. Let me see them. I know you want to put them up. Spirit fingers. I grew up in a charismatic church. And uh, actually, I wanted, as I was thinking about all this, I wanted to share with you, like, we all have our own stories and our own experiences. I wanted to tell you about a time that I invited a friend to church. Because I was like, I know that you're Catholic, but do you really know Jesus? Because you're about to meet him when you come to my church. And so they get to a, my church, and I'm like, wow, they really showed up. I invited them the first time they came. That never happens. <laughs> you got you to gotta keep going. You got to keep inviting. And so they show up, and I'm like, ooh, big things happening tonight. They're meeting Jesus tonight. Well, what I didn't know is that they were bringing in an evangelist. And I said that we, are, we love the evangelist, first off. Let me tell you that. But this particular evangelist was just a little out of my league. I was not ready for him. And when I tell you that we uh, went to a charismatic church, I mean, sometimes it got really charismatic. And this particular night, they decided to do a fire tunnel. Most of y'all are like, what is, I see my Baptist friends in here, they're like, what is a fire tunnel? I'll explain it to you to the best of my ability. So what it looks like is everybody comes down to the altar, right? Like this is whenever worship and stuff is going on or kind of towards the end of it. And what they do is they stand people shoulder to shoulder like this, okay? Shoulder to shoulder. And then they have people stand across from them shoulder to shoulder. And they do that for about 20 people or 30 people. And what it does is it creates a tunnel. And what makes it a fire tunnel is that they're speaking in tongues. They got that fire language. And what you're supposed to do is you start out at the beginning, you just run through it. (laughs) And you try to guess what they're saying. No, I'm just kidding, you don't do that. (laughs) I don't really know what the purpose of it was. Church people get weird, I don't know. All that to say that we all have come from our own different backgrounds, right? And, um, and, And that's something that I think is really special about our church. That's one thing I know about our church. The other thing I know about our church is that we all desperately need the Holy Spirit. We all desperately need the Holy Spirit. And 
Depending on your background, you may know who God the Father is. You've heard teachings on God the Father. You may know who God the Son is, Jesus. You may know them, but you may not be as familiar with God the Holy Spirit. See, this isn't a dynamic duo, father and son, Batman and Robin taking on the world. This is a holy trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. That is the God that we serve. And I can promise you this, that, that the Holy Spirit is actually all throughout the Bible. And so if, you don't, if you're not familiar with the Holy Spirit, if you will sit down and read your Bible, you will find him. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would come upon an individual for a moment in order to complete a miraculous mission. So for a moment, they would, they would receive the Holy Spirit so that they could do a miraculous mission. So, so for someone, it might be that the Holy Spirit would come upon them and then they would give a prophetic word to a nation. Or maybe they would, the Holy Spirit would come on them and they would have supernatural wisdom to handle a situation in front of them. There's even cases with people like Samson where the Holy Spirit came on him and he proceeded to beat the brakes off of a lion with his bare hands. The point is, the point is, where God's Spirit is, miracles can happen. Now, in the New Testament, things kind of switch up a little bit. After Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, and his ascension back to heaven, just as Pastor Byron was talking about, in uh, Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit filled the disciples and the other believers in the upper room as they were praying for the Lord to show up. And here's the thing, and this is why it's a different ballgame for us now, is that the Holy Spirit doesn't just come for a moment. Now God's Spirit dwells within you. He lives within you. So anywhere that you go now, miracles can happen both in you and through you. Amen? That's something to celebrate is that it's not just for a moment. It's everywhere we go. We need the Holy Spirit in our everyday lives. I need the Holy Spirit whenever I'm running to Target to to pick up my wife's order, right? (laughs) My wife, she needs the Holy Spirit uh, to help love me because I'm sure it's difficult. Y'all pray for her. It's not that easy to live with me. And, and yeah, y'all pray for her. I mean, Trevor needed the Holy Spirit to slap that bass earlier. Did y'all see that? Who knew he could do that? I would give him the credit, but I know it was the Lord. There are a lot of reasons why we need the Holy Spirit. But for the sake of time tonight, we're just going to talk about a few. I want to give you nine reasons you need the Holy Spirit. So number one, the Holy Spirit is our conviction. John 16, 7 through 8 says this, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. This is Jesus talking to his his followers. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Now, I want to highlight two things about this. Number one, I I just want to point out that Jesus himself said that it's actually better for you to have the Holy Spirit living inside of you than it would be for him to be standing next to you, walking day in and day out with you. That means something. (laughs) It means something. And so we need to know exactly what that means. So I just wanted to point that out. Number two, uh, I want to point out that the Holy Spirit is sent to convict us of our sins. 
that conviction is, is not just the feeling of shame and guilt that comes with, sh- with, with sin um, or a guilty consciousness, but conviction literally in the Greek means to convince someone of the truth, That's right. to reprove. So the Holy Spirit, he exposes the sin in your life and in, in your hearts, and then he reminds us that we need a savior. What I want to point out to you, and the reason I want to point this out to you is because I feel like the Lord has been teaching me for years on this in deeper levels and even recently. And so I want to share it with you tonight is that it's the Holy Spirit's job as the helper to convict you of your sins. But it's our job to repent and confess of our sins. So with your sin, you want to hide it. You do not want it revealed because it feels shameful. You feel like it's the nastiest part of you. And if, if you were to reveal it, then maybe you would be abandoned. Maybe you wouldn't be lovable. And so you have this facade of who you are, but you never show that there's this hidden sin inside of you. And the Holy Spirit, I want you to know that this is a, this is a healthy biblical cycle for a Christian to go through, that the Holy Spirit reveals and convicts us of our sin, And then we acknowledge that conviction and we repent to God. And then we confess to one another um, our sins so that it no longer has power over our lives. And with that, what's what's the point of the Holy Spirit helping you by convicting you for your sin and then you ignoring it if you have no response to it? Listen, confession without or conviction without confession is voluntary incarceration. Sin is a prison. There's no way around it. And it leads to death. And if you do not kill your sin, your sin will kill you. It will kill your marriage. It will kill your ministry. It will kill your relationships. It will kill your future. Whatever man of God you wanted to be, whatever kind of father you wanted to be, whatever kind of husband you wanted to be, whatever kind of mother or wife or friend that you want to be, it will kill that future if you do not kill that sin. And the way that you do that is confessing as a response to the conviction that the Holy Spirit brings. So your hidden sin, I mean, you can can clap about it. Most people are like, oh, so you want me to do something? (laughs) I thought we were here to talk about him. So your hidden sin, it, it may be unforgiveness, it, mu- it may be lust with porn, it may be lying, stealing, cheating, adultery, it may be sex before marriage, it could be a substance abuse problem, it could be any of these things and a list of mile long. Only you know what your hidden sin is. But what I want to tell you today, I felt like the Lord wanted me to tell you is that God is giving you a way out. The Holy Spirit is here to help by convicting you of your sin. But you have a choice to choose your pride or your freedom. And you've got to let one of them go. And tonight can be that night for you. The Holy Spirit is our conviction. Number two, the Holy Spirit is our comforter. 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 5 says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts all in Uh, comforts us in all our afflictions so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with with which we ourselves are comforted by God. There's a lot of comfort in there. (laughs) 
it's twisted me up. For as we share abundantly in Christ's suffering, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. Listen, Jesus did not say, follow me and your life will be easier. Jesus did say, follow me and I promise that I will be with you always. If the comforter is with us always, then that's a good thing. When things get hard, when things get rough, when it seems like there's no way out, whenever you feel like there's no answer that can satisfy the yearnings in your heart, the Holy Spirit will be there to comfort you. All you have to do is reach out with a peace that passes all natural understanding. There is comfort in knowing that no matter what life throws at you, you will never be alone because the Lord will be with you. The Holy Spirit is our comforter. Number three, the Holy Spirit is our helper. Romans 8.26 says this, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to do what, or what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints, that's believers, that's you and me, according to the will of God. Did you know that the Holy Spirit prays for you? The Holy Spirit prays for you specifically whenever you feel weak and don't know what to pray. This might look like two different ways. It could look like if you've received your prayer language of speaking in tongues and and you're alone with the Lord, and you don't know what to pray, you're, you feel weak, you're not sure the direction to go. Sometimes if you're my mom, you'll wake up at 2 a.m. in the morning, and the Lord will say, pray. Lord. About what? Yes. We'll let the Lord figure that out, right? And so it looks like you're speaking in tongues until the Lord gives you direction, because the Lord is taking care of whatever it is. It's your job to just be obedient and pray. The second way it could look is that you just come to God humble and in his presence. You might not know what to say, but you know how to be in his presence. Be still, be quiet, and go before God. That is a prayer because the Holy Spirit is praying on your behalf in those moments. If you walk through these doors tonight and you feel so weak and beat down and you don't know what to pray, but you need a touch from God, then I would say practice being in his presence tonight. You don't have to have the right words to say. Just be with God. Be in his presence. And the Holy Spirit will be praying for you on your behalf, which is so beautiful. That's why we tell you to keep showing up. Keep showing up. Because we know his presence is here. His presence may be in your home too, but we know it's here. And so we say, show up. And we'll let God do what he does. The spirit helps us in our weakness, even um, if you are dealing with debilitating depression or some form of mental illness that makes you feel weak and like you're incapable of moving forward to the next day. He will be there to help you because the Holy Spirit is our helper. Number four, the Holy Spirit is our wisdom. Ephesians 1, 16 through 20 says this. I do not cease to give thanks. This is Paul talking to the church of Ephesus. He says, I do not cease to give thanks 
for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the work of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places. Listen, I want to tell you the same Holy Spirit that raised God from the dead is the same Holy Spirit who gives you wisdom. Wise people have wise perspective, and wise perspective is keeping your eyes on heaven no matter what your situation or circumstance is. And we don't come into heavenly wisdom on our own power, but by the power of the Holy Spirit himself. The Holy Spirit is our wisdom. Number five, the Holy Spirit illuminates scripture. Uh, 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 12 says this. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of the man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us, how? Through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows the pers- a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person, which is in him. So also... No one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. He's being real simple right here. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. So with this, I want you to know that that God, he illuminates his word to us, that he illuminates scripture to us. You may say, I don't know how how to read the Bible. Ask the Lord. Yeah. A very good practice for that, that I like to follow and that I would recommend for you to follow is that anytime you sit down with your Bible, that you just take a moment and you just pray and ask that the Lord reveals to you what he wants you to know in his word. Or anytime that you're sitting under um, teaching of the Bible, whether it's in small group or Sunday mornings or even first Wednesday prayer night, it would be good for you to just take a moment and ask that, the God reveal, that God reveal himself, that the Holy Spirit would reveal himself in his word to you. And I want you to know that um, that's why before you were saved, the Bible looked foolish to you. It's because the Holy Spirit is the only one who reveals those things. You can't come to the understanding on your own. But because you, because you did not have the Holy Spirit, but now you have an opportunity Um, for God's word to come alive to you because the Holy Spirit supernaturally illuminates those things to you. All you got to do is ask. The Holy Spirit illuminates scripture. Number six, the Holy Spirit empowers us for our ministry. Acts 1 chapter 8 says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witness in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The Holy Spirit is the one who empowers us to preach and teach. He's the one who empowers us to cast out demons, to heal the sick, to serve others in our lives, including church on Sunday morning. 
evangelizing, sharing the gospel is something that you don't have to do on your own and you couldn't really do on your own, but be empowered by the spirit. He empowers us to worship and to pray. He empowers us to heal sicknesses. We cannot do effective ministry on our own, but only by the work of the Holy Spirit inside of us. He even empowers us to, to give and be generous to things like multiply. I'll tell you what, whenever me and my wife were praying about um, the number that God put on our heart, um, I got nervous. I was like, I don't think we can do this. But you know what? We can't do it. But whenever we're empowered by the Spirit of God, by the Holy Spirit, He will make a way. If He tells us this is the direction to go, if we're obedient to Him, He will make a way. And so I want to remind you guys that we have Commitment Sunday coming up. And, um, and I want you to be praying about your number. I don't want it to be about math. I want it to be about what the Lord puts on your heart and be obedient to that. The Holy Spirit empowers us for our ministry. Number seven, the Holy Spirit gives gifts. 1 Corinthians 12, four through seven says this. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are a variety of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all and everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. And then it goes on to list the gifts of wisdom. He gives the gifts of knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, discernment between spirits. That would be, is this a godly spirit or an evil spirit? Tongues, interpretations of tongues. The Holy Spirit gives us gifts and it says for the common good. And it's gifts that we could not attain on our own, but that is given to us by God himself through the power of the Holy Spirit. And then Paul goes on to say in 1 Corinthians 12 that all of these gifts are given to um, edify or build up the church. And so you want to build up the church. You love your church. Ask the Lord to give you gifts that only he can give so that you can build up the church. The Holy Spirit gives gifts. Number eight, the Holy Spirit brings transformation. That would be like the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5, 22 through 23 says this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. When love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and these other things, whenever these things begin to make themselves evident in your life, I want you to know that that is not just you growing, but that is the character of the Holy Spirit growing inside of you because he is the one who brings those things about. The Holy Spirit brings transformation. And then last but not least, and probably the most important, number nine, the Holy Spirit leads us to Jesus. John 15, 26 says this, but when the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me, meaning Jesus. I want you to know that the Holy Spirit is the one who beckons you to your Savior. Whenever you sit in on a worship service, whenever you go to a small group, whenever you're sitting and listening to a sermon and you feel that in your innermost being, you feel something pulling on you, that's the Holy Spirit saying, hey, come meet your King, come meet your Savior, come meet the one who sacrificed everything so that you could 
live life eternally. The Holy Spirit, he leads us to Jesus. We all need the Holy Spirit.